Can I be real with y'all? We family, right? Can I, can I be real? Y'all not gonna judge me, right? Talk about it. I'm on social media every day, mm. but I absolutely hate social media. I hate almost everything about it. I hate the posting, I hate making something and hoping that it gets a lot of engagement or you put some stuff up, it gets some engagement, but don't nobody buy nothing. And I feel like my, 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 my posting is repetitive. I hate it. Am I the only one? But I can't hate it too much because I make a lot of money from it. So I just, let's just start this off. Can we be honest? How do you feel about social media? Let's start with you, Nikki. I feel like it's a tool. It's not a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's a tool to make us go global. So I don't even put that much pressure on it. I just treat it like it's something that's going to show the world who I am. And that's it. I don't give it that much more pressure. If I do, then I'll hate it. Then I won't like posting about it. But I understand the bigger purpose for it which is brand awareness, which is making sure that my products and services are out there, make sure that it impacts the people. And I just give it that much power and it lets me be free. I like that, Chris, talk to me. What are your feelings? Um, I think that people don't utilize social media to the fullest uh, capability that they have. A lot of people talk about other people's money as leverage, but media is the ultimate leverage. So with media, you're able to organically reach millions of people without having to spend any money on ads. So social media to me is like the greatest tool and the greatest invention for your business. And not only to acquire customers, but to acquire talent to work inside of your company. It's the reason why the top celebrities and entrepreneurs have the best people because they're able to reach out and market to the best people to work in their companies. Dante, talk to me. I believe we can all agree that social media, we all have a love and hate relationship with it, right? Facts. We have to also realize that social media has never existed before. There's never before been a time where you can shoot, edit, distribute, build brands on top of it, and make as much money as you possibly can. There's never before been a time where you could reach the brands that you wanted to work with. Back in the day, you would have to pay millions, hundreds of thousands of dollars to be able to attract that type of attention. But now it gives us all an ability to be able to tell our own unique stories, to connect with those people who want to hear our stories and be heard. I like that. All right, so I want to start, I want to start slow. We got some time, right? We don't got to rush it because there's some people out here that they're just confused about what to post, right? So let's say somebody has 300 followers, 400 followers. They have this goal to get to 100,000 followers because they think, whatever that means, whatever they think 100,000 is going to do for them, they think it's going to happen. How do we start to grow? What are some of the first conversations we need to have with ourselves when we're approaching, okay, I wanna be a brand online. These are some of the first steps that I should take. Let's start with you, Chris. Um, the first steps that I would take will be to realize that you're building a catalog. When you first get on social media and you don't have a following, you wanna get as much bingeable content on your platform as possible. So let's say you wanted to get a six pack and you went to the gym and you did a one sit up you did the right action, but it wasn't the right amount of reps. So the same thing with social media, a lot of people, they do the right thing, they just don't post enough on social media. And then once you start to post, uh, I like an 80-20 split. So 80% evergreen content, content that lasts forever and that is timeless. And then 20% uh, current events. When those current events, uh, articles that you get, you could get them on Wall Street Journal, Barron's, uh, you could get them on Bloomberg. It should be very uh, 
inside of your niche. You don't want to go and expand too quickly. You want to stay and niche down because there's riches and niches. And then uh, you would see a lot of traction coming from those uh, news posts. But how do you know how to niche down? I mean, what, what, like explain. Can someone explain niching down to me on social media? I like what you said there, Chris. You have to put in the reps to figure out social media. But let's take it a step back. You said if you have 300 to 400 followers, I'm going to look at it as the first day ever I downloaded social media. We don't know about algorithms. We don't know about all the bells and whistles that come with social media. All we know is we're supposed to post, follow people and things that we're interested in, and hope that it all comes together. And let's be honest. You put up a post, it gets five likes. You wonder why your closest friends and family members aren't liking it. You think that the algorithm hates you, and there's no way to figure this out. Who feels that way? Who feels that way? Oh, no, hands up. Come wow, on. We can see him because I felt the same way. And when it comes down to social media, let's take it a step back. When we talk about niching down, figure out what you're most passionate about. Because if you go onto social media, we all consume content, whether it's television, movies, or social media, and we get inspired immediately. And we say, I'm going to go do that. Then we come to figure out, you know what? I'm actually not the best at this, but that's okay. Pen to paper, I want everybody to think about what are the four things that you're most passionate about? There's no limits to this. Whatever limiting beliefs people told you that you can't be a magician, you can't be a real estate investor, get that out the door. This is you versus you. So write down what you're most passionate about because that's how you find your niches. That's when you figure out what you're most passionate about. When you start producing content that you're happy about, you're genuinely having fun with it. But now what? We start posting content aimlessly and we, again, we're not getting the likes, we're not getting the comments or followers out of it. Now go on the platform and find people within the things you're passionate about that are posting things and look at their successes. Wow, this is something that I can actually obtain. That's the perspective I think that we all need. Follow those pages, see what they're doing and create genuine conversations in there. From there, use platforms like Google Trends, YouTube, TikTok and search it up. If your niche is cooking, fashion, technology, unboxing, just type those one words into the keyword search bar. And guess what? They'll show you exactly what are the most popular videos. There's a book that's called Still Like an Artist. Doesn't mean that you have to copy what people are doing, but take about six things from other people and then apply your own unique values to it. I think that we get overwhelmed and we think that we need the expensive $3,000 cameras. You're like, if only I had this lens, if only I had this microphone. Two years ago is when I hopped in front of the camera after running my production company. I knew I wanted to teach people how to create and build a brand off of just their phones. You wouldn't believe it. I'd bring my iPhone everywhere. Security won't trip off of it. And it's those practicalities that if you remove yourself what everybody else is doing and just work with what you got, that's the best way to start. Nikki, what do you think about when it comes down to like putting First together? First off, I'm asking the questions around hey. here. Hey! Let me go, let me, let me go, let me go. First off, let's just lay, lay some ground rules, okay? I asked the questions, I, you answer them, I'm just playing. Let me, let me go, let me make it a little bit more simpler from what you said. So we really have to first focus on what do we want to be known for, right? So if I Google y'all, right, what is the content that's going to come up and does it really represent who you are, right? So we first have to think about when I get Googled, what do I want to be known for? Second you gotta act as your natural self. Who are my introverts in the building? Shout out to y'all. Where are my extroverts at? Hey, yeah, there you are, there you are, come on, hey! So, 
How many of y'all, especially for my introverts, feel like you have to be extroverts on social media? And this is why you're not consistent, because you're acting as if you're not who you really are, right? So I always say at 3.47 in the morning, cold in your eye, if I wake you up and say, hey, I got a crowd for you, and I need you to create content in either video, audio, written, or photo, what would be your natural way of creating, right? Everybody scream out what would be your natural way, video, audio, photo, or audio. Wait, audio, video, written, photo. How many, what would be y'all's? And why are y'all not doing it every day? You feel me? Because it's 3.47 in the morning, you're not thinking. But when it's 10 o'clock in the morning, now all of a sudden we're thinking. And we're like overthinking. We're like, nah, hold on. Let me... Uh, but when you like, you have called it, all right, hold on. So let me add this value to you real quick. All right, and I'm done. So really when it comes to starting out and figuring out how to grow, we have to be our natural self first and foremost, get in a rhythm with that. And then, okay, let me get into the trends. Let me get into Google, let me start typing it out. Let me start going into chat GPT, write out some of my pain points and things like that. But if we don't know who we are in our natural selves first, it means nothing. Understanding how to get people to click on thumbnails. Like one thing I always tell my students and people that I coach um, is, you know, the thumbnail is the most important part of the video. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to walk into a library, mm. pick up a book and read the middle of the book. Right. Nobody's going to get on Netflix and just click a, a movie and start watching it. Right. They're going to look at the cover of that book. They're going to look at the back. They're going to read the summary. They're going to look at that Netflix trailer. They're going to look at like the you know subtitles and everything and really see what it's about before they decide to click it. So subconsciously, when people go on YouTube, yeah, they're not really looking at the thumbnail. They're reading the title and everything, but subconsciously they see what they want to click on. So I always tell like my students and stuff like, yo, this is the most important piece of the video because if they don't like it, if they're not interested, they're not going to click it. The thumbnail is the most important piece of the video. Yeah. And you know what? I never really thought about it. Maybe it's because it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm not reading the description and all that kind of stuff, but maybe we need to spend more time on the description. Yeah. The description is a big thing too, um, especially with the keywords and just making sure that, you know, when people search up that video, they get direct, they get directed to what they're looking up or even just being suggested that video. It just matches with what they're, what they're searching. But the description personally, um, I've seen success with like, you know, Keyword stuffing, and I know that's not a thing you should do. I don't Keyword really do it. stuffing? Yeah. It's mean? when you just jamming a whole bunch of keywords in your description. It's something back in the day we used to do to get, like, a lot more views from a lot more different audiences. It doesn't really work that much anymore because YouTube's algorithm is a lot more stronger and it's a lot more smarter. But back in the day, that's what we used to do heavy with the description. But after that, typically, I like, nowadays, all I would do is just put a small paragraph at the top of the description link some socials, do a hashtag, and and probably that's about it. Like, not really nothing too crazy in the description. Gotcha. Yeah. So what are the elements of the thumbnail? Which, for those that don't know, we're talking about, like, the cover art, the first thing you see. Right. It has, you know, maybe the people on it, words right. or whatever. So what are some elements? So you want to have a very, and, and all niches may vary, but typically I'm always like to go back to Mr. Beast because Mr. Beast has this formula of like like thumbnail psychology that really works well it's like a color contrast like specific colors that you put together that go well 
um, and then just really having a story. Um, the biggest element about your thumbnail is just keeping people curious. So when somebody sees your thumbnail, number one, they have to ask a question. If they're not asking a question like, what is this? Like, or, or they're not curious, if it's not sparking curiosity, most likely they're not going to click on it, right? You want somebody to almost stop dead in their tracks to watch the video. Like, it's like a, a dopamine feel. Like when they see that thumbnail, they just want to click it, right? Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing with that is just having that, that effect where people ask that question like, oh, what is this about? Or even the thumbnail having a question like, you know, how this man climbed Mount Everest in less than 60 seconds, right? Crazy clickbait, but that's just an example, right? Mm. And people see that and they're like, yo, I gotta, I gotta click that to see how he did it. Hand me the remote real quick, if you don't mind, to that TV. What, okay, what are some pages that you, you are impressed by their thumbnails? Like, what are some pages that I can look at? Yeah. Um. Real quick. Uh, yeah. Let me see something real quick. So in any niche or just like niche specific? Um, I don't know. Well, okay. Let me be selfish. <laughs> Let's go with uh this this entrepreneurship social proof, right? So yeah, we probably need to like for this. I'm how you create the thumbnail for this particular episode, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's go. No, come on, man. Let's go on my, my YouTube. Come on. You probably got to, uh, nah, sometimes, it's Samsung? This is, yeah, Samsung. You got to unplug it and plug it back in. Mine joint do that well, at kinda, home. Yeah, you got to unplug it. What I got going on right now? It's not, a, it's not a Wi-Fi issue. It's just the, the whole thing need to reset. I'm, I'm real nerdy okay. with the technology, All right. bro. So I can't. All right, let me okay, let me just go on my phone. Okay, what are some page what are some YouTube pages that you for like my niche that I should for podcasting? Yeah. I mean Or just period. Any any pages you like for So number one, Mr. Beast. Like that's like his thumbnail psychology is crazy. Um Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast um Graham Steven. Okay, hold on, spell that. Gray. So G R A H A M. G R a H A M and then I believe it's Stefan or Steven. Uh, so S T E P H A M. Yeah. So he has some really good thumbnails. Um it's a lot of faceless mm. channels that have really good thumbnails. Like there's NBA channels like Rebound, really, really great thumbnail work. Um Hoop Flicks, Kick Flicks, like all the really in the sports niches. I like the thumbnails a lot. Gaming is really cool too, because like you can kind of make something happen in a game that's not really happening. So it really like sparks even more curiosity. Mm. And yeah, I think like that's, that was like a really big thing for me though. That's really what turned it up for me was, and that's crazy. I, I say that, right. To, to say that that's really the most important part of the video. Yeah. Cause now that I think about it, when my first video blew up, it was, it was primarily because of the thumbnail. Like that's really why it blew up. Really? Yeah. And that's how I really got on. It was just all my thumbnails are always like high quality, like, really eye-catching like i made something look like it was happening in the game to make people like question like yo how did he how did he make this amount of money in gta or you know how did he unlock this car right or how did he get to this level like, i literally was just leveraging that thumbnail um let's talk about like the platforms okay so my favorite platform is youtube and then next would be instagram and then i mean like everything else i'm focused on youtube first off because that it makes you money. And, and I think YouTube is cool because it's easier. I think it's easier to be discovered. I may be right. I may be wrong, but 
um, you can just type in a search and you can get in the way of somebody's search. So what, what platform do you think right now is the easiest to grow? Or, or does that question even exist? I'll probably say TikTok is the easiest to grow on. The reason is because TikTok judges your content rather than the followers that you have. And whenever you start on TikTok, it's always short form videos. I like to run short form videos as like ads. It's like, okay, if you like my content in 60 seconds, you'll really love my content when I sit on YouTube for like 10 minutes. And Don't then, you gotta dance on TikTok though? I can't dance, I got white rhythm. You said you can't get into it? I'm saying, you gotta dance on TikTok? No, you don't have to dance on TikTok at all. You can, um, whatever your niche is or whatever business you're in, there is always more people like you in the world than you think that there is. So a lot of people, they'll think like, oh, when I hear TikTok, I think I have to dance. Like, no, you are the only person in the world that could be you, so nobody could create the content that you create. So you can never have competition if you're true and authentic to who you are. And that's when most people go wrong on social media. Now, if you got pick one social media that you would live by and you can't be on anything else, what would it be? What would you pick? If there could be one social media that I could live on and pick nothing else, that's a tough question. Because we really don't know which platform is going to be around for the longest. But if we look at which one has delivered on a creator standpoint, all the pain points that we want is definitely YouTube. Because there's never been a social media platform where I felt the community is so strong. On TikTok, I feel like how many of us never just swipe over to who we're following? We just scroll on the FYP page. That's me. On Instagram, sometimes I feel like I'm not even able to see the people who I follow. But when it comes down to YouTube, I'm always getting hit in the comments, notification squad. We hear they start in conversations and it's really strong that way. And like you said, you can monetize it, long form, short form. Now they're offering YouTube shorts. There's different ways that you can create within that social media platform. I love it, Nikki, you can pick one. I would have to say YouTube, but Instagram is my boo. I'm not gonna lie, okay? Instagram is my boo. The reason why I feel like YouTube, you have to have, and it feels like it, you have to have that super edited situation for it to really go. You have to be intentional with how you are retaining the people to watch the whole thing, or YouTube won't really like your stuff and push it out there. Where Instagram, you kind of feel a little bit looser because you start off with short form. Now I do say, start off with short, end up with long. Because with short form, we can't really find you. But with long form, if we say, yo, the best chef in Atlanta, the best dentist in Atlanta, then your name, your content is gonna come up. So I do say, feel comfortable with short, and that may be on TikTok, that may be on Instagram, but then go on long form from YouTube, which then cuts into shorts, because that's where the money is, right? That's where, but you could get brand deals off TikTok. You could get brand deals off of uh, Instagram. I hope we talk about that. But I would, I would say YouTube from a long perspective, but Instagram and TikTok from a short term. Dante, are you in the AI game? Are you using AI tools? I am using AI tools more for the pre-production side. So ChatGPT, if I'm stuck and I can't figure out any video ideas, I'll give it a prompt around whatever categories that I want to make and see if it has any ideas that I can just come to mind. In terms of editing... I'm Hold on, I'm sorry. You use G chat GPT to come up with the ideas to create the content? Yes. Walk, walk me through that process. Just kind of break that down for me, come slow. So I'll use chat GPT and I organize all of my content strategy in Notion. Notion has built-in AI as well. Chat GPT, I might type in something like, 
what are 30 video ideas that you can give for a beginner videographer? And it'll spit out some ideas. What? Hold on, pop quiz. What app did he say he uses? Okay, you're paying attention. You're doing good over there. All right, go ahead. And we can go further with that. You can use ChatGPT to type up video scripts for you, or you can utilize it to give you certain prompts. Let's say you love writing and you do your own script. Put it into ChatGPT and ask it to make it more simplified so the audiences that are watching it is more consumable, and that way you can create snackable content. That's good. I was like, put us in the game. Put us in the game. Yes, keep going, Chris keep got going. one and I got one. Yeah. That, that's one uh, skill and strategy that I like to use. So <clears throat> whenever people shoot ads and things like that, sometimes they'll try to use big words to sound intelligent when the best way to get conversions on your ads is actually to um, transcribe it on Autodad.ai, put it inside of ChatGBT, and say, hey, can you simplify this on a fourth grade level? Once you do that, it's way easier because the true skill of uh, mastery of a topic is saying it in the most simplest way possible that anybody can consume it. That's good. Is this good, y'all? Golly. Uh, hold on, I got another one. I got uh, one more, I got yes, one more. Please. So, who has, okay, ChatGPT Plus, for those people who don't have the paid version, there's this plugin that's called Summarizer that has a little ninja. If you get inspired by a YouTube video, because we all watch YouTube University, you can, put a link in ChatGPT, tell it to summarize it, and then say, create a whole new reel based off what I just saw, a whole new TikTok based off what I just saw. Give me 10 more ideas based off that. So, and if you don't have the, and if you don't have the paid version, you can go and get it transcribed through Otter, right? Otter AI, or Otter, yeah, Otter AI. Spell right? it, spell it. O-T-T-E-R, okay? and get it transcribed, and then take that transcription into ChatGPT, and it could do the same thing. Yo, what happened to the days where I could just like, pick up my phone and just start talking? We can't do that no you more? Know, you can do stuff? that, that's amazing, but some people just need some help, need some extra help. And so even if, like let's say you have a script, right? Pick up your phone like, yeah, I just wanna to talk to it, but I forgot my train of thought. There's this really dope app called Captions, how many of y'all heard that app, Captions? Okay, some of y'all. Yeah, I'm about to help y'all, right? So one, not only does it do the closed captions, the Alex Hermosi things, of course, but it has a teleprompter so that you could type out your script and so when you press record, everything that you need to say is right there. Right on your phone as right you're recording it. Right on your phone, it. Okay? Oh, so it looks like you're looking at your phone, but right. you're really reading. Now let's say you look away real quick, right? You lose your train of thought. It has AI that keeps your eyes at the camera. So you could look down and it still has you looking up. And if you, and if you don't have a video script, it could do a video script right in through AI right on the cap, in the caption app. Oh, we talking good. It's crazy because I know the power of when someone's voice, like one, when you find your own voice. Yeah. yeah. And when you find your voice, you're more confident in giving it to the world and then the magic happens when the world finds your voice. Mm. You can't help but go viral. I believe every, especially entrepreneur, needs to have a podcast. But I also believe that every person 
needs to have a podcast and it doesn't have to be for your next six figure or seven figure opportunity, but it's for that reason specifically, like finding your voice and allowing your voice to be heard. You'll be surprised by how recording things that are that matter to you, recording things that are important to you. You'd be surprised to find an audience of other people who that same content is important to them too. And you just never know how your life will change. 100%. We are evidence. Absolutely. We are Absolutely. evidence. We are, yeah. we are evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if you really notice the trends of like certain social media platforms and apps and things of that nature, there are people who, let's just say on uh, MySpace, who built a large following. Um, but the people that were on uh, MySpace early, early, they figured out how this thing operates and they was able to move fluently because they're not afraid of it. So when you're on social media, most people, if you're not posting, it's because you're not comfortable with the app. You're not sure of how the reels work and how to post things of that nature, how stories work. But the people that were on MySpace, they made millions because they understood how to operate in the app. And then there was, um, let's say Facebook. Mm-hmm. The people who adopted Facebook earlier on got really, really serious. As the app starts to evolve, they're already on it and they can evolve with it, meaning they have a better opportunity of entertaining people. And then Twitter and TikTok and what am I missing? Instagram. Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Everything, Periscope, all that stuff. All that stuff. When you get on early, you have an advantage over the millions of people that will come later. And when those millions of people come, you're already established. Mm. And you know how it works. So bringing my point home before you interrupt me. Mm -hmm. In this podcasting space, we're so early in the space. We're so early. And the objective is teaching people how to just get like not so afraid of the cameras and how to ask questions in a linear way and how to navigate multiple people on a panel and how can we get into space? Because eventually millions of other people will be in, there will be just as many people that have podcasts that are on Instagram. Mm. I believe that. Mm -hmm. Think about all the people that are on Instagram because they, they use it as a main form of marketing eventually there will be that many people that use their podcast. It's almost like commonplace. If you want to get your message out there, you got to have Instagram. You got to have a Facebook. You got to have a podcast. And I think that is, uh, are you still on my bars? You want? I'm writing a note for content that I intend to produce that was inspired by something that just happened here. But 100%, that's why I'm so passionate. I'm saying, yo, just start a podcast. I don't care if you want to be a podcast. I don't care if you have a business or not. Just start it because once you find your voice. So what we did today where we're asking questions and someone gives an answer and we start picking stuff out of the answer that allows us to ask another question, right? That's a hack. Not for a podcast, but for conversation. If you really want to get in certain networks, you want to be connected with people. You pick out the stuff that they say, letting them know that you're really listening, And then it just becomes an art of like really navigating a conversation. And there's a book called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People where it talks about how much other people love themselves. And what I realized is you can talk to somebody for 30 minutes, only asking them a couple questions. And if they get to talk the whole 30 minutes, they'll leave like, yo, that was an amazing conversation. Well, it wasn't really a conversation. I asked you like three questions and you talked your head off, but you left feeling heard. Mm. You like me more because this was a great conversation for you. 
So in podcasts, even if you're not going to interview people, I just believe it's an art. I do too. And I'm sitting here and I'm just thinking about the trajectory of my own journey. Spell it. T-R-A-J-E-C-T-O-R-Y. No, it's absolutely not. Trajectory. Trajectory. Dave, when it comes to grammar and spelling, you just can't see me ever. Is it A? A? Oh, go ahead. Keep going. When I think about the trajectory of my own journey, I mean, we've been podcasting now at this point. It's been a year. It's been over a year at this point, like 15 months at this point. And I think uh, as I'm looking at it, I believe coaching and podcasting are kind of congruent because when you are, I know there's a lot of you guys who are in the uh, studio audience right now who are going into the lane of the education space, digital coaching and putting out courses, one-on-ones, groups, all that stuff. When you think about it, to simplify what we do from podcasting to coaching, because we're both involved in both of those spaces, to simplify it, it's simply you creating a business model around conversations that you enjoy having every single day. That's it. Mm-hmm. This is not rocket science, but it could be rocket science if rocket science was the conversation that you enjoyed having every single day. It's fitness, it's business, it's accounting, it's wealth management, it's whatever it is that you want it to be. What is the conversation that you enjoy having? every single day and then go and create a business model around those conversations. Let me, let me show you how simple it could be. Cause I was, I was actually, so I have a, a, a podcast and I, well, I have a podcast concept and I got a logo and all that kind of stuff. And it's around like crypto. Right. And I, I wanted to do, um, I wanted to make the show called, uh, the coin toss or something like that. Coin mm-hmm. toss. Because like kind of tossing around like crypto coins, stuff like that. And I'm looking to see if anybody else has it. And there's a guy who has a podcast. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. 
And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, Booth thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal guess called the coin toss but guess what it is it's actually him tossing a coin he comes on and says yeah hey guys um um, I have a rare 1896 half dollar. And it, you know, he'll give some background behind the particular coin. And he said, All right, here we go. And you hear, okay, flip, it hits the table, and it says that's heads. And he flips it again, heads. Flips it again, tails. And he'll just go through that. And eventually he'll say, Okay, well, it looks like this particular coin got 15 heads, 12 tails. All right, guys, I'll see you next episode. I don't know if it's successful, but it's a podcast. My point is, anything where you can keep... First off, how do I know this? I listened to the whole thing. Yeah. It was just... Because I wanted to know. I'm like, is it going to be heads? I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be tails. And in my head, it's crazy. I got I got wrapped into it. But it can literally, it can literally be anything. There are people who tell podcast stories where one episode is a story. And then episode two is a continuation of the story. And then you have 10 episodes or 20 episodes where you're following this story. Mm-hmm. It could literally be anything. If you are a sneakerhead, you can come on and talk about the origin of sneakers and who wore the sneaker and things of that nature. It could be anything that keeps people's attention. Mm-hmm. But it dro- just with that, it drives your knowledge in an area so deep that you can start to attract this particular audience that's interested in this niche and you become the owner of that space. So I think, I don't want everybody to think, yo, you got to interview people or it has to be about business. You can have a a podcast on knock-knock jokes. 
where every episode, you just do some knock-knock jokes. Anything. 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 I think one of the biggest issues that people have is the ability to be consistent. So I want to ask a two-part question to everybody, and I'll start with you, Dante. How many times per day do you recommend someone post it? If they're taking this thing seriously and they w really want to build a brand online. I believe in quality over quantity. Some people might tell you to post one time a day, once every other week, three times a day. Find the rhythm that works for you and don't let the content consume you. It could be so easy to get trapped in following what other people are doing. I think at scale, once you have a larger brand, it's okay to post three or five times a day because now those posts that you're putting out is gonna get distributed much more further because you have a larger audience. But if you're smaller, focus on that quality aspect. Try it once a day if you can. Try it once, a, once other every other day. And after 30 days of posting, go ahead and just look back at the data and figure out how did these perform? If you had one that blew up, figure out why it blew up. Was it the song I used, the hook? And use that as a strategy to be able to create content for the next content you're coming up with. Okay, what if we did it for 30 days and none of them blew up? They're all trash. Like we get no, it's just nobody's liking my stuff. Talk to me about that, okay? Sometimes, I got y'all, I got y'all. <laughs> sometimes we all have the pieces in front of us, but we're not putting them in the right places. For example, for me, I was putting out my content and I thought it was amazing. So did some people who were able to find it and it was getting 500 views, then it got to 5,000, but then it hit that ceiling. I talked to friends that were around me and I asked them questions. I said, what do you guys think about my content? One of my friends has 5 million followers on TikTok and he said, you have to focus on your formatting. It's all wrong. And this is, goes back to that puzzle analogy. So what do you mean it's all wrong? I thought it was good and I think that's our ego getting in the way. But he said, focus on your hook. That first zero to two seconds truly matters. There's all this dead space where you're not talking. The video's too lengthy. Shorten it down so it loops and it's more consumable. Sure enough, as soon as I did that, the same piece of content that got 5,000 views got 5 million views just because I changed the hook. Mm, that's good. Clap that up. First two seconds. So we need to have something impactful in the first two seconds. It could be as simple as a text. I like to say that it's a speed bump. When you're scrolling on social media and you're scrolling down, what's going to catch your attention? We don't really read captions anymore, but we'll see the big text bumper that pops up that you can add on any app, whether it's TikTok, YouTube Shorts, or Instagram. That's a speed bump that's going to stop people to figure out, okay, what's going on? But a hook really has to have that wow factor. If you're selling something, if you're educating somebody, what is it that's going to make people stick around until the end? It's like a good movie that you watch. It starts, then boom, something happens with the main character. Now you're drawn into the story and you have to watch it. Nikki, I've been posting for a month. Nothing's happening. Two months. Damn. None of this stuff is going. Damn. What are you checking for first? I'm checking for shares. If we're talking, so there's a few things I'm checking for. If I'm talking about Instagram, I'm talking, I'm looking at shares and saves, right? I'm, I don't expect everybody to comment on my stuff, right? We're in a society that all we do is scroll, right? That doesn't mean they don't see our stuff. That just doesn't mean we made them stop and necessarily say anything, right? Did we even ask them to comment on our stuff? We're expecting comments, but have we even asked them? So I'm looking for shares and saves. Saves because it may have been so valuable that they're just waiting it for, for later, right? But that doesn't mean they commented on it, doesn't mean they liked it, but I gotta go back to it because it was so dope, right? Also, 
I'm also checking myself because how do I know it's not successful? Am I comparing it to other people's numbers instead of what I feel that should be, right? So meaning, if I've done 30 days of content, 90 days of content, there's something that did hit. Now, did it hit millions? No. But did it hit more than the others? Yes. So I need to double down on that. I need to look, what's the hook? I need to look, what's the caption? I need to look, what's the format? I need to look and dissect what's the topic and double down on that to see if I can go, okay, could I get 100 more likes? Could I get a more, uh, 100 more views? Or could I get, I'm not going, oh, nothing worked because I didn't get thousands of followers, thousands of views or anything like that. I gotta be realistic. If I'm at 100 followers, I gotta be okay with getting 100 views. I gotta be okay with, cause that's 100% that's accuracy right there. 100 followers, 100 views. Oh, I'm doing good. And let's be honest, have I ever met any of these people that seen my stuff? Any of my followers, if I put them in my house, would I get anxiety? Like, I probably would. So I'm okay with the followers and the views that I have because it means that I'm ready for them right now. So I look and I analyze, how do I just double up on the one that did good and, and see slowly but surely. Now, of course, we're gonna go viral here and there and that, and I always want to give the best out of it, but the, the main thing is, do I know my audience? If I know my audience, do I know the pain point? If I know the pain point, what are the words that I'm putting in that first two seconds that will get their attention, right? I don't like, uh, I don't like turning on the camera. It gives me anxiety. My introverts are like, hold on, tell me more. I don't have to create video ever again in my life. Hold on, tell me more, right? This is how to go viral. Hold up, tell me more. Why? Because I know my audience. If, you're, if your data and your videos and your content is not working, you don't know your audience as well as you think you do. Script template for personal brand channels. Mm -hmm. Pre-intro. Script template. This is the, for the description of the page or something? So script template like for like a brand channel. So, so somebody that is showing their face. So this is for every video. Yeah. They okay. Just... Pre-intro, which is optional. Show dramatized clip. Show dramatized clip from middle of video. Right. Intro. Right. Hey, everybody. It's David. If you're looking for, in commas, solution to their problem, then you are in the right place. I'm about to reveal some easy ways to solve whatever the problem is. Right. Without, in, in quotation, not quotations, but parentheses, something they hate. Time, money, effort. Explain it. Okay, let me do the last one. Then I want you to explain it. Mm -hmm. I understand that the problem in quotes can be very quote emotional pain point, but don't worry because today I'm going to share with you the video title. Okay. Explain that intro. So, okay. So with the intro and I don't even need to look at this. I just, I just know. But with the intro, hey, like thousands and thousands <laughs> of videos, bro. So this is that. And that's a play in itself. So the middle of the video, right? Putting the middle of the video in the intro. Why are we doing that? Because YouTube's algorithm is heavily based off of not people just clicking on the video, but the duration that they're viewing the video. So mm -hmm. the average viewer duration. So we want to make sure we can stretch that viewers like the viewers duration as far as possible. So if I have a 10 minute video and I'm going for like 
a 40 to 60% uh, average viewer duration, what I want to do is I want to put that highlight key moment, right? Let's go back to one of the examples we use. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations or multiple systems on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, John Morant, right? Um, let's say we wanted to show the actual clip of him with the gun in the car, right? What we're going to do is we're going to show that in the very beginning, but a, a like a split second, right? Cut to the intro, and then they'll know that that's in the video. So they're going to wait all the way into that point where that clip comes up to watch it. That's probably not a good example, but I'm just trying to break down like 
the psychology and how it works. So you always want to have the key moment of and even with podcasting, you can do this. Like the key moment. I think you already do it though. Mm -hmm. You take the key moments, you put them in the beginning as a highlight, and that's just to extend the viewer's duration. Let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Do you think in the beginning of my podcast episodes, I should do an intro to what they're going to learn and talk about? Mm, yeah. So like my, yeah, my formula, cause for my face videos, cause I could kind of relate to this for my face videos. I, um, so in the first five seconds of any video, you should always answer the question of what the person clicked on. Right. So for example, I have a video on YouTube right now titled, what is YouTube automation? In the first five seconds of that video, I have to give them that answer and then cut to the intro. Oh. Yeah. Cut. But it's just a brief, small answer. They're going to get that answer. They're going to get that dopamine kick, but they're going to want to like actually know exactly what it is in detail. Subconsciously, they know that I have to watch the rest of this video to really know what it is. But if you give it to them, it gives them a more of an even reason to like stick with you. So boom, I say that out is YouTube automation, cut to the intro, jump in the intro. Hey, my name is David Omari. X, Y, and Z. I've made multiple figures on YouTube with YouTube automation. And in today's video, I'm about to break down exactly how I did it. So now I'm like baiting them. Like, yo. All right, hold on. So, Kashif, this is what we're going to do. Okay. Because I think we're, I think we take a clip out of the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's engaging, but it's not necessarily focused on answering the question. The thumbnail in the clip, I don't even think we consider. Being the same. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let's, uh, let's get a mic real quick. Let me... Uh, no, Kashif. Because sometimes it's just an engaging clip. It, don't, it doesn't speak directly to the thumbnail necessarily, does it? Where's my mic? All right, we got one coming. I'll, I'll let you defend yourself for a second. Hold on for <laughs> a second. Why did I get the mic? Because <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, go for it. Can can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm saying yes, like I know. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I definitely have the title in mind when I'm looking for clips. Mm -hmm. Now, um, from from what I researched, it's better to re reverse engineer it by naming the episode first, and then have the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so I I take that since since I know that's not like you typically, you know free free flow conversation so i take that approach in selecting the clip once we come up with the title mm -hmm. that's what i use to inform me in selecting the clip i may not be able to pinpoint it right what like he's 100 percent, but i do my best what, what he's doing is really smart like yeah. what he's reverse really engineering like i literally when i first started like i will always like people think you make the video first but you actually make the title and the thumbnail first and then you make the video about what that title and thumbnail is, and it just kind of gives you that blueprint. Well, we don't reverse it. We don't like because it's a podcast. Yeah, it's hard to do that. But yeah, for 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 the most part, with most videos, like you can do that. Like what he's saying is like that's like really good to do. Gotcha. But we have to find the content first. I mean, because we like this conversation, right? right? So we would have to come up with some sort of thumbnail based on what we talked about already, and yeah. then. Yeah, but the funny part about this episode, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on it, but right now, if you go on vidIQ, actually, I don't know if you got vidIQ on your phone, yeah, but if you go on vidIQ and you look up YouTube automation, it has a, almost a, over a million people searching it up per month, 
and a very low competition score. So if you put YouTube mm. automation in this title, it's most likely going to blow. I think that this, this podcast is going to blow up. It's, it's going to blow up because right now is like the peak of what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like I'm at, the, I, I literally have to go home and start recording more YouTube videos because like I'm literally shooting myself in the foot if I don't, because I literally have the knowledge and everything about YouTube automation. And right now it's at its hottest like point. Like it's never been as big as it is right now. As oh, far wow. as people just learning about it. Like if you search up YouTube automation, you'll see a bunch of people with videos. Like I try YouTube automation for 30 days and here's my results. And they're going crazy. Right. Mm. I don't even think I think maybe maybe one podcast and it was just me on million dollars worth of game, like briefly speaking about it, but I never like in detail just went into like talking about it. So <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody, it's you say your name, right? Yeah. And then it says, if you're looking for solutions to their problem, then you are in the right place. So what that looks like is, hey guys, if you're looking for ways to Grow your podcast. Grow your podcast. Mm. Then you're in the right place. You need to watch this video. Mm -hmm. Then I'll say, all right, I'm about to re reveal some easy ways to solve the problem, which is they want to learn how to grow their podcast. So it looks like this, starting off. Hey, everybody, it's David. If you're looking to start growing monetize your podcast, you're in the right place. I'm about to reveal some easy ways that you can start, grow, or scale your podcast or monetize your podcast. Now, this part is interesting. It says, without something they hate, time, money, and effort. Explain that. So when you say without, it's almost like the cherry on the top. Mm. Like, what? Like, I can do X, Y, and Z without owning a building or owning a studio, right? Without um, having so much equipment, right? Without having, you know, popular guests. Like the pain points that pain I know point. my audience would have. Right. Most people see that and they're like, man, I want to start a podcast, but... I don't know any popular guests or I don't have a fancy camera or I don't have a studio. Like those are their pain points. But when you tell them that you can do this without any of that, right. You don't really need all of that stuff. Right. Then they're more compelled to watch the video and finish this because they want to know how to do that without having all that stuff. Mm. So it's like foreshadowing. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Hey David, if you're looking for this, this David, uh, let me just finish it. too. and lastly is, I understand that the problem, mm -hmm. which is understand you don't have everything to start your podcast. Like yep. you don't have all the equipment and the guests to start your podcast, but. Yep. I understand that um, parentheses problem can be very parentheses emotional pain point. Mm -hmm. So with the emotional pain point will be something like expensive, like somebody like doesn't have it financially. So emotionally to them, they're just like, bro, I can't even do this because I don't even have the money to fund something like this. Mm, but don't worry because today I'm going to share with you then whatever the video title is. Yes, sir. Okay. So if my video title is three ways, uh, five simple step, five yeah. simple tips to monetize a podcast. So this right. would look like, Hey, Dave, Hey everybody is David Shans. If you're looking for way, if you're looking for, uh, ways to monetize your podcast and you are in the right place. I'm about to reveal some easy ways to monetize that very podcast without having influence, a following, expensive cameras, or, you know, a big budget for marketing. Mm -hmm. I understand that monetizing your podcast can be very uh, difficult and frustrating right. and stressful. Time consuming time consuming mm -hmm. but don't worry because today i'm going to share with you 
the five ways or three five ways to monetize your podcast. You got the you got the YouTube bug too. It's like I natural. Got the juice, <laughs> let's go. This I, is I can very, hear it, bro. Dude, this is exciting, man. Yeah, yeah. This nah. is exciting. So, like, I I want everybody to really think, like, what are what is even the track record of your current activity that supports the thing that you say you want to do? Mm-hmm. So, some people say they're in the mental health space, but you don't do anything in the mental health space except make videos. Like, you ain't got no products, no other services. It's not like you put on a uh, you do a, 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 a Instagram live show every Monday at 10 o'clock talking about this one topic. Like there needs to be ancillary things around the topic that you say you want to do. Mm-hmm. So you're not, I'm in the podcast coaching space, but yes, I have a podcast. I have another morning meetup podcast. Me and Donnie have Brain Picker podcast. I have a podcast network. I'm putting on a podcast summit. Mm-hmm. We got a podcast course. Mm-hmm. Doing a podcast challenge. Got a podcast webinar. Got a whole podcast presentation. Mm-hmm. These got are a whole all the things. Framework. Got a whole framework. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of entrepreneurs are missing. Like it's not just you doing it. It's there not. There got to be some things around. Even if those things around you don't make money. If you're in real estate. Okay, well, I understand you sell real estate, but do you have a real estate podcast? Mm. Do you have like a real estate journal that you can help home buyers with? Do you have mm-hmm. like a series on YouTube or something? Mm-hmm. Do you have a real estate t-shirt where you're spreading the message of uh, home ownership? Mm-hmm. Something that supports what you do. Let's talk about a couple of people that we know that are doing something. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At that level, really well. Let's do it. Uh, let's break down Kiana Watson. Kiana, oh, hundred percent. Kiana Watson, who is um, a realtor, mm-hmm. she owns her brokerage. Yep. I believe it's called Watson Realty Co. Yep. And she owns a development firm. Yep. When you think real estate, Rants and Gems podcast. Rants and Gems podcast. Anytime she's on live. Anytime she's, she's on estate. live. Um, she's on YouTube. I think she goes YouTube live. Whenever you land on her page, it is clear that she's a real estate broker. And guys, we're, we're going to do, I love this because for those of you who want to break into real estate or you're doing real estate and you don't have the results that you want, like what we're doing right now is case studying people who have a level of authority and influence in their space. So if we're looking at Kiana Watson, let's everybody go to her Instagram page real quick. We're going to do this with another industry too, Dave. You think about the next person. Yeah, for sure. But let's go to Kiana Watson and it's Q-U-I-A-N-A Watson and then underscore. Um, Those, as soon as you land on her page without doing too much scrolling, uh, someone with the mic near a mic, tell me, tell me what immediately what you believe she does. And if you believe she does it as at a high level, just out loud. Yeah. What makes you think she does this at a high level? Quality of the photos. I'm looking at um, the level of fashion uh, that she's, you know, uh, displaying and also the uh, the homes, uh, the designs of the homes that uh, I'm seeing on her page. Okay. Does anything different stand out to anybody else, Kiva? 
before you get to her page, even in her bio, you see that she's a luxury real estate. Um, she's in luxury real estate, and then she also acknowledged that she sold over $125 million in mm. real estate as well. Mm. Mm, so before you can even get to her page to see her pictures, you can see mm. in her bio clear what she is and how she does it and how much she sold immediately. Is this a person who looks like she knows her industry? Yeah. Yes. Yeah? What makes you think so? Who who has something? What makes you think she knows her industry simply by landing on her page? Mm-hmm. Did you want it? Yeah. It's good. It's good. What makes you think she knows her stuff? Um, first and foremost, she's a broker. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, um, not just that, but it says that she's a mentor and that she's a developer. So when you're looking at that, but then when you're scrolling down, you see the homes mm-hmm. and you see that she's going live, even though her co- cover photos are different, but she has the homes on here. She has homes with pricing on here and things of that nature. So she's not just focused on just one specific situation when it comes to real estate. She's focused on the whole aspect. I love it. Would you consider her authoritative and influential just by landing on her page? Does she look like someone who's authoritative and individual and and, and uh, influential, not considering the size of her following, not even thinking about that? Does she look like an, author- an authority and influence in the space of real estate? Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. yes. Now look at your own page. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people that uh, it's so hard to follow. And if you scroll down on Kiana's page, like just scroll as far as you can, it's real estate Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna see a lot of people where, okay, the first nine Mm -hmm. is about the thing, Mm -hmm. okay? Let's say uh, they're in Airbnb space or they're in the, I don't know, trucking space. But if you scroll down long enough, it changes. Mm. Scroll down long enough, it changes. And you can, like, I, I think, like, really, people should take a trip down memory lane to, to outside of yourself to see your habits, see who you have become. Yeah. How many times did you change? Or did you do the same thing? Or are there periods of time where you're not promoting the thing that you say you're going to promote, and it's just silly stuff, stuff that's making you laughing your friends and all kind of weird stuff like that like we really got to take a step outside of us Mm. and just have an idea of like what has our activity been for the last year or so i love that i love what you said so much because people struggle to build their businesses and we the first thing that we like to do is go look at your social media Mm -hmm. and we like to tell you just that oh you're busy you you want to build a business where you have to present as an authority. I don't care if you're in the fashion industry, if you're building an Amazon store and you're teaching that, you have to present yourself as an authority in that space. You want to be influential. You want people to think of you as the go-to in your space, but the only people that you have authority over are your friends. <laughs> you have authority over your friends by by sharing the the the, the uh, dopest memes from... Uh, what is it, Justin L.A. Boy, mm-hmm. Justin LaBoy, I, I don't know what it is, but just, who has a tremendous amount of authority and influence. Oh, for sure. A tremendous amount of authority and influence. We're resharing things like that 
from pages that have established their own authority of inf- and influence, and now you've just become the go-to for the meme uh, c- group on social media. Like, really go and look at your page right now. Let's let's let's. You ha- did you have another person? I mean, we can really just go to who you just said, Justin LeBoy, mm-hmm. and just keep scrolling and see when things change. Yeah, it doesn't. It just doesn't. It's the same post where I'm at right now. I'm here in. Uh, golly, July 12th. I've been, this is like last two weeks and it just keeps going. And he's so consistent. No wonder. No wonder. No wonder. I'm, I'm just like doing my, I'm just keep scrolling. Just keep on scrolling. No wonder people are waiting for him to drop a new meme every five minutes. No wonder people are waiting crazy. for, his next feature on a podcast and they can't wait for him to update his bio with a new YouTube link because who doesn't know who this person is? Who hasn't seen a meme shared by shared from a Justin LeBoy post? Here's what's crazy too. The format that he's posting, (laughs) anyone can post. Anyone can post. I post the same thing. We Twitter screenshot. We were posting this years ago. Literally, David, you taught me how to do this. You guys know how simple this is? You could do the same thing on a white background. I remember being at the other studio and I would be like, David, how do you do those so consistently? And he's like, yo, just take your phone, go to your story, turn on the camera, put the phone on your lap. Mm -hmm. It's going to turn black. Take a picture of that and write over it. Yep. And this person. Yeah, she was so impressed. I'm like. I was so impressed. <laughs> I was so impressed with that. This person likely went to Canva or he likely went to Google and Googled picture of a white square. He saved it to his phone. And now that's the template for every single post. But you're so worried about being different and unique and having an aesthetic that looks great and it matches your brand colors and all. white background. Yo, White background. Donnie, I've been scrolling for mad long on Justin's page and I'm only in April. Only in April. I'm only a few months ago. Like I've been like I've been doing it since we started talking, just like scrolling. Let me see. This man Justin I have, posted, a, di- I have a different respect for him. Because I didn't know today, it was like this. He posted one hour ago and then two hours ago and then twelve hours ago and another twelve hours ago and thirteen hours ago and seventeen hours ago and nineteen hours ago, twenty hours ago, twenty one, twenty two. I, I just want to see twenty three, twenty three, twenty three. Okay, so in one twenty four hour period, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 14 posts with more than 100,000 likes, which means that he probably got over a million impressions on the post. But we too worried about wearing our audience out if we talk about things that interest us twice a day. I'm not even in last year yet. And I've been, I have a whole nother respect for this man. He figure out something that he can do simplistically. Now I think his head, in his head, he, he sees it like he just has one of those personalities where he just, you know, shows what he or types what he thinks. Yeah. Now, I think you have to be a special type of person to see things in a unique perspective. But he's putting out such volume that I had like I just have a whole nother respect for him. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to do all this fancy creative. You try to do your dances and all that kind of stuff. When he's like, yo, I'm going to type this screenshot post. Once I see it, type it, screenshot post, type mm-hmm. it, screenshot post. And he's so, I got a whole nother respect for him. He's so consistent. And that's why, like, 
it's a mix between motivation and foolishness, but he's so consistent and he's such an influence and you don't want to not follow him. You kind of want to see the Justin LeBoy post first or Justin LA boy, LA boy. I don't mm-hmm. know. You want to see his post first and you want to be the first one to drop the funny, the funny meme in the group chat. Like, he has a if you want to go somewhere like seriously, the girls are talking. If you want to find a dope caption for your picture, go to Justin's page, Tracks. go to Justin's page. He got all the dope captions on his page. Let's look at one more person. We're talking and about side note. Mm-hmm. He do be stealing though. Just yeah, these are not, just, these stealing. are not original ideas. I posted something one time and he took that joint and made it. <laughs> Typed it on Twitter, took a screenshot. So, and I know a couple of people you just stole from, but I have a nut. I, it's not like when you put something on social media, it's yours anyway. Yeah. So the fact that he doesn't care about what you're talking about, I'm going to feed my audience. And it's not like we haven't taken something and posted it on our page, right? So we can't be too mad at him. But nah, yo, shout out to And he's not Justin, claiming man. to be the originator of these thoughts. 100%. He's finding interesting topics that appeal to him that he knows will work for his audience. And he's repurposing that interesting topic on his own page and serving his audience because he's got 8.6 million followers. There's that means that there's a million, I'm sorry, 7 million at least followers that are not connected to you that wanted to see or needed to see this message. Right. But we're so focused about presentation. We're so focused about uh, he's got a white square. And we're so focused about getting the graphic designer to design our background aesthetic. We are so focused about getting the Sony cameras instead of using that iPhone that's in our hand right now because we want such a perfect presentation. Kiva, I'm not going to shout you out, but uh, somebody in the room can feel me on this. We're so focused on it. Let's also look at another good, a good example of just some cell phone stuff. When we think about stocks, we think about somebody who is empowering us in the stock market, teaching us how to get in that. Who do you think of first? Unanimously. Unanimously. Let's go to Wall Street Trapper's page. Wall underscore street underscore trapper. You know what's interesting about that too? Um, uh, um, Trap went through a slump where his content wasn't contenting either. It Mm -hmm. just wasn't engaging. Mm-hmm. Or not, it wasn't engaging, but he wasn't getting a lot of likes and, you know, comments and stuff like that. I remember we were talking about it. And I'm thinking, dang, something's wrong with Instagram because yeah. Trap's posts are always lit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he went through it too. But guess what he didn't stop doing? He did Posting not content. stop posting. So Instagram might say, all right, well, we're not giving this person reach right now for whatever reason. But his mindset isn't, let me stop. Our mindset is let's stop. Yeah. Right. I love him as an example because we looked at Kiana who has a very well produced page, right? She's got some professional camera work back there. Her images are super high quality, high resolution. But then we go over here to a wall street trapper who, when you're looking at his page, much of this outside of his podcast, our cell phone snaps, Mm -hmm. cell phone Images. We'll look and see in the last 24 hours, he has three posts on his page, three posts on his page. And he is uh, the the most recent post from the last 24 hours. He is talking about promoting his business. Now, this person has over a million followers. He's promoting one of his businesses, which is his Trapping Tuesday webinar. Notice that post only got 188 likes. Mm -hmm. Right. 
But if you look right at the post before that, he's literally also talking about education. That post was liked by 700 people. The post before that, the post is liked by 322 people. This is a period of which we can see that he's experiencing low engagement right now. He's experiencing low engagement. He's got 21,000 views, 95,000 views. What does he not stop doing? Posting. He does not stop posting. We're talking about an eight-figure brand owner, eight-figure brand owner who has over 1 million followers. And you see he has posts on here that gets a million views, 891,000 plays, uh, 100,000 plays, 300,000 plays. But on these days where he's only getting 21,000, his 21,000 plays are your 300 plays. Mm -hmm. They're your 300 plays on a platform this large. But what is he not doing? And then what did he not lose? His his consistency, his momentum, but most importantly, his authority. Does this make him any less of an authority? Does, his, does this make him any less impactful to you? No, this is an algorithm thing. This is a timing thing. This is an understanding that when we're promoting our business specifically, that we're going to get a lot less engagement than when we're just giving free game. Free game, you're getting all the free game that helps somebody reach especially a monetary result. You're getting all the engagement. Game that you're throwing out here, like putting men and women against each other, breaking up relationships, you're getting all the engagement. But that stuff that's just promoting like, oh, that podcast that is uh, focused on like men against women and men should be this and women should be that. They're going to get hundreds of thousands of likes and views, but they drop a course to teach you how to do a podcast. They're going to get 300. Guess what? They're not going to stop doing, though. Posting. So, Chris, let's say, for instance... Um, earn Your Leisure, Rashad Choi, Mike, the whole team, they come to you today. They are not Earn Your Leisure today, but today they come to you. You got to build a brand from scratch, okay? And they come to you and say, hey, we want to influence the hip-hop community in, uh, uh, in, in the financial space. This is our audience. We know who we're talking to. In this meeting, this initial meeting, before we even have a bunch of followers, what are some of the conversations you're going to have with them in the starting phase? The beginning of building a brand is one of the most hardest but fun time periods, right? Because you have the idea, you have the direction that you want to go, but you just don't have the influence in the platform. So as you're building it, you want to make sure that that initial post that you make, like the first 30 posts, is actually true to your brand. Because you could get a viral video that uh, give you a millions of, uh, of views, but if they're not rocking with your core brand, then you won't be able to influence them to do anything else outside of just follow you. So it's like, it's looking for those people. Like sometimes I think that we, um, we're not grateful for having 300 people watch our video, but if 300 people came to an event, you'll be happy. But we, it's like social media distorts our like um, reality because you're like, okay, I see they're doing 10,000, they're doing 20. You have to run your race and just, as long as you have one person watching your content consistently commenting, then that means you know what you have work. You just have to find the rest of that, of those avatars that you have, right? So just keep putting out the content, be consistent. I think consistency is the biggest thing that we take for granted. And that's the really the biggest driving factors of all brands. Um, my favorite statistic ever is, um, it came from an episode of Market Mondays, they had Big Boy on. 
I'm going to ask y'all this question. How long do you think... First off, I told him earlier, okay? I asked the questions around here. I'm the good one. I'm the good one. Give me the question. Let's see if it's good or not. This is the question. How long does it take to grow a YouTube channel to 100K subscribers? That's subjective. First off. I was like, I thought he was asking you. I got got a question. I got a question for you. How long does it take to grow a YouTube channel? Come on. Come on. Flip that. So 100,000 subscribers. Profound. We'll start with you. Such a profound question. (laughs) That's subjective because it could happen overnight or it could happen over the course of five years. But I think, like you were saying, Chris, too many people live in the micro and they they judge their day-to-day what's going on. This video got hit with 100,000 views, so I'm expecting all of them to hit 100,000 views. Then the next day it does five, the next one does 100. Some people might want to give up. But you have to look how far you've came in 12 months. If you started a YouTube channel, if you came to InvestFest, you got to pat yourself on the back because you took that leap of faith. Most people will be fearful of that. For you, just believing yourself is amazing. So now we, we look back and we go, where did I come from in five years ago? What can I accomplish in five years? Two years ago, I wasn't stepping in front of the camera. Two years ago, I wasn't on this stage at InvestFest, but because of social media and believing in myself, I was able to make that happen. And I do believe that everybody can make that happen. Hey, come on, make some noise like you're gonna be on this stage in two years. Make some noise like you're gonna go from where you are right now to being on this stage two years from now. I like that, I like that, go for it. So. After they did the study, they found out that time was the wrong variable. The average 100,000 subscriber YouTube channel had 1,000 posts. Woo! It's the wrong variable. We think it's a time thing when it's a rep thing. And that's the most underrated thing. It's like, even if you look at the major leagues, right? Run that back. Run that back. Run that back. I don't think they heard that. Run that back. Please run that back. (laughs) Um, It's the wrong variable. So... If you bet 30%, if you bet uh, 30% in the major leagues, you go to the Hall of Fame. A lot of people think that every content is supposed to stick. You only need one to blow. So you really only need one, and your life could change. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply very very quickly in a month or even a year that's good that's, that's a fact good. i've been on youtube since 2012 and i didn't hit 100,000 subscribers until youtube shorts came out and it was because two videos that went viral on tiktok and instagram and i said you know what let's see if we could do viral again on youtube shorts sure enough it did and that's what got me to 100,000 subscribers you're absolutely right that's good nick you had something to share on that listen they got it i, I, I don't <laughs> mess with greatness you got it all right, I, w- I want to, um, so we're, we're talking about consistency and we tell people, I know often I tell people, you got to be consistent, you got to be consistent. You got to be what? But they have no idea what that means. I think we know what it means in terms of we have to keep doing something, but I still even think consistency needs a strategy. So if someone's not being consistent, yeah. I'll come to you and then I'll come to you, Chris. What are some like some one, two, three steps that can kind of ensure some consistency or help somebody with that? So first off, consistency, let's do this. How many of y'all think consistency means every day? Raise your hand. I don't want to raise my hand. Y'all lying, there's more, don't do that. (laughs) 
So consistency is not every single day. It's what you promise the audience that you're going to show up, okay? So if we think about sitcoms, right, and shows, they only show up once a week. We're like religious on watching them, boom. They have a whole community. They don't have to post, they don't have to show up every single day. Why? Because they focus on quality or quantity, right? So we have to first make a commitment on how often are we going to show up? Once we do that, then we gotta realize what are we gonna post? I don't have to post video audio, I don't have to post everything. I have to post what is the best video that I can do? What is the best quote I can do? What is the best picture I can do? And do that in the days that I'm consistent. Now, I don't wanna, I don't wanna create every single day. So what I'm going to do, I'll create one of those days, then I'll use user-generated content where I'm looking at things that are happening in my niche, in my market, or something that's trending, and I'll repost that on my page and give my perspective on it. That takes another day of my consistency. Then I may do a reaction, right, on like a remix, uh, a duet or something. That's a post right there. Then I'll repurpose something that didn't work maybe a month ago, two months ago, and repost it there. Or I may look at my analytics, this really worked, I know I can repost that again, cool, boom, and then maybe at the end of the week I'll, I'll create content again. Meaning the weight of creating content every single day is off me. I only have to do it once or twice if I feel like it, and the rest I'm strategizing on what is happening in my market, what have I posted the month, two, three months ago that I could reuse again, what, what is trending that I can do, and that's it. So it's not putting so much pressure on the content or what we have to create every single day is just being strategic with what's happening on social media. It's time to stop running your business like a hustler, like just somebody that's trying to go get some money and run your business like an actual business owner. You know how that happens? Your business hires you. Even though you started the business, the business hires you and you put yourself on payroll. And that business has payroll for other people. Now, those other people might be your spouse. It could be your kids. I pay my daughter $12,000 a year because that $12,000 that I pay my child isn't taxed. So that money is either going to go to your child or it's going to go to the government. You decide. I'd rather keep it in my house. My wife is on payroll. You need to run your business like a business owner. Most of you are taking money from your business and you take that money and you pay your house loan. You pay your rent. You pay your car. For one, that kind of stuff will land you in jail. But two, you want to grow and lay a strong foundation for your business to grow on, okay? So go to adp.com forward slash social proof. When I signed up for ADP to get this process going, I had to pay $250 for administration, setup fee, all these costs. I talked to my ADP sales rep and they said they will waive it for you if you go to adp.com forward slash social proof, meaning you can start this process for free. Absolutely free. No catches, no hooks. Go to adp.com forward slash social proof. Now is the time to run your business like an actual business owner. I am on ADP. I do the same thing and it helps my books by tax time. I'm not behind. I'm not trying to get everything because in the process of them making the payroll, they take out the taxes, they structure everything. And at the end of the year, voila, you give that information to your CPA. Okay. Go to adp.com forward slash social proof. One more time, adp.com forward slash social proof. Set it up for free. Let's go.